Westside Westminster, chapter 181, Improper Conduct and Pronouns. Dr. Theophilus Pedro Elias, Director General of the World Health Organization, was crying. Not at the tragic loss of life in the Yemen or Syria, not at the latest hanging of an Iranian man accused of serial imbibing of alcohol. No, his tears shed publicly during his latest televised plea to nations worldwide to do everything in their power to curb the spread of Covid were for the loss of the US's £40 billion contribution to his estimable organisation. Trump had had no qualms. Hit them in the only place that hurts, their pockets. And it had worked. He prided himself with glee, with the glee of a gunslinger, not wearing his sissy Lone Ranger mask, of course, as it had done with the UN before and NATO too. I'm not bailing out these fat, overbloated, self-serving systems who employ endless thousands of numpties doing non-jobs, he'd said to his number two. They should wise up to the Donald. I'm not going to be the world's paymaster like those democratic idiot predecessors of mine. And why should China only contribute a fraction of what we do? It's just not right. And it wasn't fair. Later that week, Trump, Trump went as far as accusing Elias of being on the payroll of China. That didn't go down well. In another place in America, a voice was crowing, this time through the open window of a gas-guzzling Cadillac. Sassy was having a blast at a female car park attendant who'd realised that baby Edward Arthur was strapped in his car seat in the back of this enormous vehicle. Oh, ma'am, the attendant swooned. It'd make my day if I could take a tiny peek at him. Sassy snapped back. It's not him, but they. Sorry, ma'am, the jolly attendant replied. I had no idea you'd been delivered of twins. Duh. Sassy retorted. She was in a foul mood as she'd just received confirmation that her five closest friends were to be named in the current court case that taking place a million miles away in London. It's the real world now, Sass added sarcastically. Sass, responded Prince Rupert, Teddy, as he shrugged his shoulders by way of apology to the attendant. This poor lady most probably doesn't have a clue about the latest, latest twists and turns in political correctness. Well, she should, snapped Sass, with alarming lack of sympathy. Lady, the attendant continued, I can have you arrested for being rude to a public attendant whilst they is conducting its duty. Now, are you going to let me take a peek of they or is they sleeping? Teddy was mulling over the awkwardness of using they for a singleton. Would you say they is or they are? And how about pass them its plate or pass them plate to it? It was all very confusing to a lad who'd never managed to pass his GCSE English language exams, even at the so-called top school back in Blighty, and even with, even with copious amounts of help. No, pronouns had always been a mystery to him and he suspected they, or should it be it, always would be. Better be on my guard. Better be on my guard, he'd warned himself. Don't want to enrage her, or is it them, any more than necessary. Poor Teddy. From a life filled with people admiring and respecting him, he'd come to this, fearful that his wife would throw a wobbly over his, or had he become an it, use slash misuse of the humble pronoun. 
But anyway, things had moved on, and with the threat of a public scene involving law enforcement, Sassy had realised she'd met a woman as feisty and up for a fight as she was. And so she hit the wind-down button of the back, blacked-out window, allowing just enough so the attendant could have a coup over baby Edward Arthur. Sure as a butte, ma'am, chortled the attendant, followed by the customary, have a good day. Yes, Sassy Sparkle, the Duchess of Winchester, was fuming. She'd dumped her BFF of the past ten years for less, but dumping her entire legal team for their ineptitude and not following her strictures to the letter was on a different level of cancelling. The whole mess would have hit the headlines and been misinterpreted as high-handedness on her part, so Sass had to face the prospect that she'd lose all her remaining friends in a heartbeat. I mean, who wants their name plastered over the tabloids for no other reason than they're my friend, she'd wail to Teddy late that evening. But Teddy, who wanted to say, I told you so, didn't I warn you that no good would come having to face your father in court, but no, you always had no best. If it hadn't, if it didn't have the prospect of impacting on his life so much, Teddy would have laughed out loud at how his own father's adage of what goes around comes around was actually coming true. But right at that very moment in time, he had more pressing matters on his mind than the newspaper suing debacle. No, he and Sass had taken the Commonwealth apart in their last online open forum debate, held weekly to air their own views on a wide variety of matters, ranging from trans issues, BLM concerns, to their latest charity works. It was only when he'd rerun the thing that he realised that most probably offended the person least deserving of their disloyalty, his beloved grandmother. It had gone out live, so the damage had been done. Sass couldn't have cared less. Well, that'll teach her. She denied me that tiara on my wedding day. Oh dear. Teddy had thought, though he'd learnt to keep his opinions to himself. If only Granny could hear you. Someone who's put others first all her life and been prepared to hold the line when all about her are falling apart. And now I've got to ask Pa for another leg up as the costs of security are going through the roof. Never mind mind that they'd been on the cadge for so long regarding this enormous mansion on loan indefinitely, he'd hoped, as heaven knows how he'd afford a house like this and one located in the most sought-after location, high in the Hollywood Hills.